was snowing. They were in the nets. <laughs> they were. They actually just love it, and they they just want to learn so much. And I think that's the best thing about it is that they come to training and they're ready to work hard, but they also just kind of soak everything in. Welcome to the Cricket Scotland podcast. I'm Jake Perry. And I'm Rosie Ryan. And as you might have seen from various social media posts over the last couple of days, this Scottish summer has finally caught up at last, with a large number of league and cup matches either being postponed or affected by the weather. There was still some great action though, and we'll have more news on that a little later on. One of those games involved Meagle, whose Village Cup ran six tie at Houghton Mains Cricket Club was abandoned with the home side at 30 for two, chasing Meagle's 132. They'll try again at Victory Park this Sunday and our very best wishes to Charles Clark's side again. Scotland A were also in action over the last week too, beating Durham second 11 by an incredible 357 runs in a 50-over match at Gateshead. Ollie Hears continued his incredible form with 104 runs just off 70 balls, whilst George Munsey crashed at 79 ball 137, which contained 13 fours and 10 sixes. Dylan Budge also got in in the action with a 47 ball 95 as Scotland A posted a massive 455 for five. Safian Sharif, Adrian Neal and Hamza Tahir were all then in the wickets as Durham were dismissed for just 98 in reply. A pretty remarkable game all round, Jake. Certainly, especially looking at some of the personnel in that Durham side who included Stuart Pointer and Chris Rushworth, whose nine overs went for 100 runs. It was a considerably more inexperienced Scotland eleven that took on Durham in the two-day friendly that preceded that game. But there was good news for Scottish fans in the form of Brad Curry, who took three for 24, and Michael Jones, who scored 114 batting for Durham. All in all, a really valuable trip down south. We've also seen the first piece of silverware won this week as Carlton were confirmed as winners of the Women's Premier League. It's been a great season for Annette Aiken Drummond's team and we began by asking her her thoughts on winning the title. We're really delighted. Um, That was, I think we spoke before the season even began and that was our main aim was to to win the league this season. So, um, yeah, I think to win... All but one of our games has been really, really impressive and everyone's worked really hard to achieve that. So we're pleased. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's been really striking uh, about the WPL teams this year has been the balance within them. And Carlton probably embodies that more than most. You've got international players playing alongside juniors and more senior players as well. Uh, this is a hugely dangerous question now. I'm about to warn you about this because you're bound to miss someone out. But who would you highlight at the club for the part they've played this season? Oh, God, yeah, there has been quite a lot. We've uh, In our first game, Karis was definitely the standout and she's contributed with the bat and the ball this season. In the last game, she stood up when we were struggling as well and... That's when you need players that that are going to go in and do the job for you. So yeah, I really I think she's 
She's had a few great knocks with the bat this season and has also bowled really well. I've been really impressed with Maisie um, from a, one of our, our younger players. She's bowled really, really well and taken a lot of wickets for us. So she's been impressive. So we've got Abby hitting quite a lot of runs. Sammy hit some runs. Hannah's bowled really well and maybe not got... Uh, maybe not reap the rewards, but having her open as a serious quick for us is a great advantage. She's bowled really well and, and maybe hasn't taken as many wickets as she would have liked, but uh, she's been really impressive to watch. And we've had uh, young Ashley Robertson as well, who's impressed the last couple of the games with the ball. So she's taken quite a few wickets in the past couple of games, so she's been impressive. But I think what's impressed me most is how deep our squad can bat. And I think where some of the WPL teams are perhaps relying on one or two batters, I think the last game really showed that we can we can bat pretty pretty well into our squad and that we've got a lot of players who are willing to step up when they need to. So that, that's been really impressive from my point of view. What have been the kind of key moments for you in the duration of this season? Yeah, we've had quite a few. I think um, Caris's knock of 97 in the first game, um, that set us off on a really, really good start. I didn't play the second game against Jumel, but I know that Sammy batted really well in that game and, and we were pretty unfortunate to lose that. Um, so so she almost got us over the line there. We had some good uh, catches in the field, particularly in the game against George Watsons. I know that Sarah B took a great kind of double mid-air catch, uh, which was quite incredible to watch. And Amelia, she's our point fielder. She's taken a few good catches this season as well. Uh, Maisie took a fifer against your team, Dumfries, Rosie. So that was that was a, definitely an outstanding moment. Um, I think against the West, I would say Abby's batting. Uh, don't think she got 50. I think she got 49. Unfortunately, she never knew she was on 49. And Abda has taken a great catch. But um, that was pretty, pretty awesome to watch. And then in the last game against RHC, we were definitely under the pump for a little bit. I think we were 37 for four or something around about that. Um, so for Karis and Zara to come in and steady the ship, but not only steady the ship, but also to start then scoring runs to give us something to defend. Uh, that was just really good to watch us kind of tick the runs over when the pressure was on. So, yeah, those were probably the standouts for me. Yeah, I mean, as you say, there was that big win in week one against Watsonians Grange and then that loss uh, to Stu Mell in week two. But you must be really pleased with how the team came back from that. You know, it was a very close game, really disappointing uh, defeat against one of your big rivals, but didn't put a foot wrong after that. Yeah, we were, uh, we really enjoyed the first match because we didn't have any of our Scotland players playing in that match. So the fact that we won that by such a considerable margin was kind of a bit of an eye opener for me in particular, thinking just like, we've got a really, really good squad here that can definitely play. And then the match against Jumel, we had targeted that as the match that we had to win if we wanted to win the league. That was kind of what we were thinking. So to lose that, we, I mean, I was pretty unbearable for about three days, I would say. <laughs> Nobody was coming near me because uh, it was just so gutting. And I, I did feel at that point that we'd thrown it away. Um, 
So yeah, the fact that we came back and won the next couple matches, and then we were, and then a couple of other results had gone our way, and we were starting to believe that we could win the league again, and we just knew that we had to win every single match and just kind of hope that the other things happened that would benefit us. So. Yeah, we we definitely were a bit down. The training session after that Stu Mel game was a mixture of us being disappointed and us having to work really hard to to keep going. And yeah, the fact that we could bounce back after that was really impressive. And you you mentioned some of the stats before, and you know we could see Carlton's dominance just by a glance at the the batting and the bowling tables. Just to go through some of them, I mean, Caris Scott topped both of them with 209 runs and 13 wickets. Then Maisie Messiera's right up there with 12 wickets at 10. Abby's there with 155 runs. Then there's five wickets for Ashley Robertson and for Sam Hago as well as that brilliant 50 against Stumel that we talked about. And not least, of course, 198 runs from yourself, second place in the batting stats. Um, mentioned how good it is to see Hannah Rainey back and bowling so well after injury problems uh, too. But a word for some of the the other players in the team there as well, who who make themselves known as the uh, the old bats. The old bats are are amazing, and I'm consistently impressed with their attitudes and how they go about training. They, I mean, they were training over the winter when it was snowing. They were in the nets. <laughs> they were. They actually just love it, and they they just want to learn so much. And I think that's that's. The best thing about it is that they come to training and they're ready to work hard, but they also just kind of soak everything in. And I think that's where uh, we at Carlton have seemed to have, as you say, the mix just right. We've got a good couple of really talented youngsters. We've got some Scotland players in there. And then we've got some old bats, <laughs> which obviously we need to be careful how we say, but that is definitely what they call themselves. And it's just a great atmosphere and everyone just wants to work hard and learn. And yeah, it seems to be working well for us at the moment anyway. And um, I guess we, going going on from that as well, just I guess the development of Carlton and how it's progressed over the past few years and uh, and, and the support that the club's given as well over the past few years. Um, can you just tell us a, bit, a little bit more about that and how you started a few years ago to to where you are now yeah I remember when I first joined Carlton when I first moved to Edinburgh and there were probably about maybe five or six of us at the nets I'd say um but the one thing I do remember is that after training we all kind of it was somebody cooked and then we all sat and ate together after training which was quite nice and that 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 team atmosphere and that social atmosphere that's that still continues and does really well this uh, to this day. So after training on Friday night, for example, obviously it was raining quite heavily. But everyone's out there training, and then afterwards we're having a curry and maybe a beer or a water, <laughs> depending on what you would prefer. Um, so yeah, we've we've worked hard as a committee. We've we've got a women's committee at Carlton. And we try quite hard to, to make it a good mix of fun. But still, you know, we've always, we've got Peter Ross as coach. So we've got a really, really talented coach there who's who the, the girls and the women are learning from. And just trying to make it, re- yeah, really a club feel. And the club have put the women's section 
at the forefront of a lot of things. You know, it's 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 simple little things like where the second team mentioned on social media, and it's just it's tiny little things like that 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 make you feel important and just as important and and a, a real part of the club. So even th- this season, we've we've got a team in the mixed development league. So the men and women are playing together if they want to just have some fun cricket on a Sunday. So yeah, it, it's definitely we're in the best place now that we've ever been. We've got twenty five ish women training regularly uh, on a Friday night. So it's it's just going onwards and upwards, and it's a brilliant club. But as a woman, it's a brilliant club to be a part of. Yeah, as you say, just such simple things, you know, little things, but so valuable and and so noticeable too. So looking at the the wider division as a whole, what's really struck me watching it from week to week is how far the standard of cricket has risen when I look back to where we were just three or four years ago. Um, This year, there were four or five teams with a genuine chance of, of winning it. Now, this is a question that Rosie can answer too, uh, as players on the field. What have been your impressions of it all? Yeah, I think Cricket Scotland have got to take a lot of credit for that because just because of the scheduling. So they've scheduled it so that the Scotland players can, can take part in the league. And that, for me, is what I, in particular, have been really wanting to happen for the past few years because it just brings that level up. And it also means that the Scotland players are getting to play in women's cricket games are perhaps a little bit less pressure um, as every game being a Scotland game or, you know, really having to score runs. And and it, it's more of a, it's, it's obviously taken really seriously, but you get the chance to maybe have a bit of banter on the pitch. Uh, there's been a few, definitely a few instances of that this season, which has been good. And just, yeah, that ability to to bring that level up and then the young players can play alongside Scotland players. Um, you know, that, that kind of regional development is then happening in, in Premier League games as well. So it's it's a good mix and hopefully from that, then I think the Scotland players can then go and play some regional matches, which should set them up in good steads for the, the qualifiers later on. So I think the way it's been scheduled this year has been really good and there's been a definite um, increase in the standard and... I think that's great for women's cricket in Scotland and I think that's that's what it needs. Well, that's the league season wrapped up, but next month sees the start of the Beyond Boundary Scottish Cup, which Carlton are the current holders of. Um, the first tie with Stu Mel and it, who were the only team to take points off you this year in the league. That should be quite a game. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because I never got to play them this season, so... I'm really looking forward to <laughs> the only game that I never played is the game that we lost. So I mean, <laughs> uh, no. So I'm obviously they've got a few real talented players, a couple of really promising youngsters in their team as well. So we'll need to be on our best, but we we're desperately keen to retain that cup. So we'll put we'll put out a strong team, and hopefully we can get into the final which would be a great achievement for us and then yeah if we can win it if we can do the double there's been a little bit of chat about doing the double this season so if we can do that then yeah we'd that would be amazing Annette Aitken Drummond there and our congratulations to Carlton again and so to the weekend's action beginning with the Scottish Cup 
where we now know one of the semi-finalists. Yes, indeed. And it's the holders, Herits, who beat the storm, which engulfed Goldenacre with a systematic dismantling of West of Scotland. Matthew Cross continued his exceptional form with 164 as the home side posted 309 for 7 before Michael Sheen took 5 for 16 and Marquot 4 for 22 as the Western Premier Division side was bowled out for just 38 in reply. And unfortunately, that was it in terms of completed quarterfinals with the games at Grange, Langside and Drumpelia all abandoned at various stages. The reserve day is next Sunday, which is also the day of the regional series final between the Eastern Knights and Western Warriors. So it'll be interesting to see how the remaining quarterfinals all play out. And it was a bit of a similar story in the Eastern and Western Premier Leagues too, Jake. Yeah, looking at the forecast on Saturday, it was a bit of a lottery deciding where to go to best avoid the showers. And, well, to put it this way, I won't be buying a Euro Millions ticket this week. I was at New Williamfield, where second place Stirling County were taking on Dumfries in the Western Premier Division. But unfortunately, we only got in 27 overs of the home side's innings before the heavens opened. But I did see some great cricket up to then, as Sterling began what looked like a big score. Harry Booker and Matthew Tweedy were both pretty much untroubled after being put into bat, with Booker's 31 including a big six over Cow Corner. And it was only in the attempt of another that he was out, caught at long on after not quite getting hold of a ball from Tommy McGrath. But all that did was bring Brandon McMullen to the crease, who was very impressive indeed. He had a look, then started to cut loose with a series of drives and flicks that Dumfries couldn't really do much to counteract. There was one arrow straight drive off James Hobman that was just a beautiful shot and a wristy whip through mid-wicket too. He is a class act, no doubt about it. In no time at all he had his 50, but then with Tweedy on 44 and Sterling looking ominous at 146 for one, down came the rain and that was that. Richie Barrington took three wickets for Clydesdale before the leaders' game at Langside also fell victim to the weather, while the performance of the day came at Shoreholm, where Moa Wace scored an incredible 217 for Uddingston against Pollock. Brian Clark described Wace as his X-Factor player before the season started, and here is why. When he was fourth man out, he had scored all but 72 of Uddy's 289 runs. They reached 329 for six before the weather intervened and robbed them of the chance to secure a third league win in succession. But there were two games completed in the Western Premier and what a pair of matches they were. Greenock beat West of Scotland for their first win of the season, Neil Flack scoring a half century and Chris Hempsey a crucial 22 as the Glen Park side chased down their rain revised target of 181. Harry Briggs sealing it with a boundary off the penultimate ball of the match. And then at Prestwick, Riyad Henry and Tamor Ahmed were the stars as Fergusley chased 250, Henry scoring 115 not out and Ahmed an unbeaten 105 as the Meekerig side ended a run of two straight defeats in some style. Western Analyst on Twitter came up with the fact that only 13% of chases above 249 in the Western Premier Division have been successful, which puts that eight-wicket win into some context. So Fergusley moved back up to third in the table, just ahead of Prestwick on net run rate. And then in the east, it's Grange who were back at the top of the table. That's right. All five games were affected by the weather in some shape or form, with the matches at Watsonians and RHC ending in no result. But at Lachlan's, it was Grange who came out on top, despite Matthew Parker's unbeaten century for Arbroath United. 
Gordon Gowdy took three for 31 and Jamie Cairns two for 44 as the home side was dismissed for 213. And then Dylan Budge picked up from where he left off against Durham with 69 not out as Grange posted 197 for four, well ahead of the Duckworth-Lewis par score when the rain arrived. And there was another Duckworth-Lewis result at Grange Lone, where Carlton beat Meagle by 146 runs, Hugo Southwell scoring 79, Umair Mohammed 77 not out, and Omar Ahmed taking 4 for 9 before the weather moved in. While at People's Park, Stonywood Dice completed a crucial win over fellow struggler Stuart's Melville by 32 runs. So Grange sit at the top of the table, with Heriot's close by in second. The game between the two of them on July the 17th is already looking a tasty one. And so finally to the Women's Premier, whereas we heard Carlton were confirmed as champions. It was their rest weekend, so they weren't due to be playing, but one game did survive the weather, at least, Jake. Only just, but it did, and it was the crucial one as far as the league placings were concerned, because West of Scotland was the only team that could mathematically catch Carlton because of the postponed games it had in hand. But as everyone knows by now, it wasn't to be as they went down by 116 runs to a strong Watsonians Grange side who recorded their third win of the season to finish in third place in the table. Priyanas Chatterjee and Megan McColl produced fine performances with bat and ball, Priyanas scoring 75 and Megan 85 as Watsonians Grange posted 188 for five, three of those wickets falling to Alan Watson and the other two to Anne Sturgis. But with Prinaz then taking 3 for 9, Megan 2 for 9 and Katinka Hutchinson 3 for 36, the West chase never had a chance to get going. As the thunderclouds gathered over Marseille, they lost their last wicket with the score on 72. So a comprehensive win for Watsonians Grange and afterwards I spoke to Megan McColl and Prinaz Chatterjee. So Megan, terrific knock today, 85. Nice to uh, finish off the season with some runs. Yeah, yeah, it was good actually. Uh... Yeah, it was, it was quite hard at the start because it was a bit wet, but as as it went on, dried up and then the ball just started going away. So it was, yeah, it was good. And now for yourself, 75 and uh, some wickets too. Yeah, no, it was always nice to, to contribute to the team and uh, I enjoyed batting out there with Megan. I don't think we've actually had that many opportunities to bat together um, for certainly over a long period of time anyway so that was uh, enjoyable um, it was quite tricky like she said up at the start so I think we did a decent job of running lots of twos and even I think we ran one four so uh, yeah it was good it's true that that rarest of things in all run four and as um, you're both saying I mean conditions are a bit unusual today you know damp to start with then we had the rain and then it was quite bright sunshine it's just now clouding over just as we speak um, how was it out there the pitch was all right. It was a bit variable bounce, but I think you, you kind of that happens sometimes. Um, and then the outfield was quite slow. So yeah, like I said, we just had to do lots of running. But I think it was more just psychologically being ready to actually play a full game because we were kind of on and off. And it, we had, I didn't know the weather looked like we might not get something in, but then we've ended up being able to play the whole match. And Megan was saying great performance from the from the two of you. It sets up the Super Series, which starts next weekend really nicely. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, a bit, it's good to have a bit of like runs under your belt. So when we go to play the Super Series, hopefully we can both continue our form. Thank you both very much. Two big performances from those two, and it'll be fascinating to see how the Beyond Boundaries Scottish Cup plays out once it gets going. Both sides will certainly be amongst the teams to watch out there. So looking forward to next week. What is catching your eye, Jake? 
Well, there are some fascinating looking fixtures on Saturday again. Grange meets Scottish Cup quarterfinal opponents Forfarshire in the Eastern Premier after their tie was abandoned with the home side on top in the second innings on Sunday. While West of Scotland will be looking to put last weekend behind them when they take on Stirling County at Hamilton Crescent in the Western Premier. But Sunday promises some really exciting cricket, with the final of the men's regional series, which promises to be a real clash of the batting titans. Can't wait for that. And as you were saying in the interview with Megan and Priyanaz, Sunday also sees the first T20 doubleheader of the Women's Super Series, which will occupy us for the next five Sundays. After the great cricket we saw in the Women's Premier League, I know that we will both very much be looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there'll be lots for us to chat about on Tuesday as always, but that's it from us for another week. Our thanks to all our guests and to you again for listening. Until next week, from Rosie and me, goodbye.